Romans chapter 12. I want to read the first couple of verses. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, as we open. We've been in this series, as you know, looking at things that we believe, that what the church believes and why we believe them, making sure that we stand upon the Word of God and not the opinions of men. And uh, I uh, was uh, debating, often at Bible School Sunday, I'll do a sermon basically on kids and things, a message on kids. Uh, but I was looking at my series, and I'm going to change things around. We skipped one point, we'll come back to it. But I thought I can apply it very well and stay in our series. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 it says this, if you, well, in fact, let's read it together. If you know it, you can quote it with me. But it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Father, bless the time together in your word. And uh, we thank you again for just for the opportunity to meet here uh, and to be together with one another. I bless those who are not able to be here uh, and pray we'll see them very soon. But uh, we just ask your blessing upon this hour, upon this week. We pray and ask and thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Little Billy had been misbehaving and was sent to his room and he emerged a few minutes later and told his, informed his mother that he had thought things over and had even said a little prayer. Well, the mother was very happy and said, you know, Billy, that's good to know. He said, and when you ask Jesus to help you behave, he'll help you. To which Billy replied, oh, I didn't ask him for help with that. I asked him for you to help you put up with me. <laughs> well, we might need some help this week, all right? <laughs> From the Lord. Uh, no, children are indeed, uh, again, a blessing uh, to work with. Uh, yes, there's challenges along the way, but we praise the Lord for the opportunities he gives us. But the point I want to make this morning, the, the points that I want to refer to in our doctrinal statement are points number 9 and 10. We can put them together. Uh, and uh, the first point, number 9, it says this. It's on separation and mission. Separation, first of all, we believe that all the saved should live in such a manner as not to bring reproach upon their Savior and Lord, that everything we do should be to the honor and glory of the Lord. Point number 10 in our Church of Statement of Faith says this. It's labeled missions. We believe that it is the obligation of the saved to witness by life and by words the truths of the Holy Scriptures and to seek to proclaim the gospel to all mankind. Is that not what we are doing this week as we are involved in uh, ministry Bible school? Pearson Day is coming up, all those things. You know, these points, we think of separation, we think even of missions, uh, are not always included in a church's mission of uh, a statement of faith. But I think it's good. Uh, because they do, in fact, deal with our faith, do they not? Faith in Christ is not just an inward possession, it's to be an outward manifestation. Not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. We're to live out our faith. Some people say, well, my faith is personal. Let me just say this, your faith better be personal, okay? But what they mean by that, when they say that, what they mean is, I don't, I don't really get involved. I don't talk to anybody. I don't, yeah. It's just personal. I, I can't explain. I, I really don't. Uh, they use it as an excuse as to why they're not obeying God in, in serving him uh, and, and, and so forth. Uh, so they say, my faith is personal. But Jesus said, let your light so shine among men. Talked about that in the family Bible hour just a little bit. But let your light shine among men that they may see your good works 
and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now let me ask this, if, you, if they can't see your good works, if they can't see the outward manifestation of your faith, what good does it do them? Absolutely nothing. Ours is to be a living, active faith. If it's not, then we are of little use to God. And so those two points I want to deal with. First of all, separation. Go to second, and Romans 12, 1 and 2. I just want to kick off because that, it's just a, a summary of, of both of those points. But go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we won't stray too far from there this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. First of all, what does that mean when we talk about separation? Okay, we're not talking about isolate. We're not talking about making a little bubble to ourselves or a little commune to ourselves. But what does it mean, this idea of being separated so that our life, as our statement of faith said, uh, and let me glance at that again. All the saved should live in such a manner as not to bring reproach upon their Savior and Lord. Everything we do should be the honor and glory of the Lord. Look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And it says this, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and unbeliever? Is what that word means. Verse 16, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of God, of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore? Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And then verse 1 of the next chapter. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The first thing I want us to see here concerning our separation is the reason for our separation. Verse 16 says, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. God said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and they will, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Our body, number one, our body is a temple. Okay? It is the temple of God. Now, in the Old Testament, you know the temple was a very holy place. It was a sacred place, the tabernacle, first of all, but then in the temples, they built the temple to the Lord. And you could not enter the temple uh, in a, 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 a sinful manner without being punished for it, right? And the priests had to go through certain things and, and so forth. But our body is a temple or a dwelling place of the Lord himself. He says in verse 16 very clearly, you're a temple. I will dwell in them and walk in them. And so our body is a temple of God, it is, it is a sacred place, as believers, I'm talking, obviously. It is to be a holy place. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17, it says, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, whose temple you are. Right. So we are the temple of God. And so if you're a believer, you are the dwelling place of God. And where you go, guess what? The temple goes. Uh, and what you put into your body... You're ingesting or putting into the temple, the holy place, dwelling place of God. And we do our best to take proper care of, of this building. It's not, we don't call it a temple, but it's a place where God is worshipped and, and it's been set aside for, for service and so forth. And so we do our best to, to, to take care of it, should we not even more so desire to take care of this temple. Uh, and, and watch what we put into it. Watch where we go and what, and what, is, what, what we engage in. In this very holy temple of God. Uh, the argument of the day is, and you've heard this, but it's my body, I can do what I want with it, right? 
Uh, and I won't go into the list of things, but you know, understand. I, I can do whatever. It does, it's my body. Well, number one, for believers, that argument is moot. It's, it's uh, invalid right. with God because it says we are a purchased possession. We are bought with a price. We're not our own, right? Uh, but we are possessions of his. But even, if, even for the unsaved, even for those who, who don't acknowledge God, don't acknowledge Christ, as their creator, God has every right to tell you how to live. Yeah. The one who gives you every breath that you take, every beat of your heart, has the right to tell you how to live. And so our body is a temple, but also our body is a testimony. How many have ever heard the statement uh, that you are the only Bible some people will ever read? All right, that's more than a cliche. Did you know that? That's scripture. That's scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, just go back just a page or two in your Bible and look what it says here. And you're familiar with this, but just let me point it out. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2. He says, Ye, you, Paul says, are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. And so you, as a believer, are a, an epistle. You are Scripture. To a lost and dying world. The epistle says here, not in flesh, not written with ink rather, but with the spirit of the living God. And so your actions do matter. Uh, your actions can draw a person, either draw a person closer to Christ or can push him further away from Christ. Ultimately, it's not your reputation, your testimony that you're hurting. It is whose? God's testimony. Uh, when you use the Lord's name in vain... When, you, when they see you reading that book or watching that video, they hear the things you talk about, see the places you go, it's not just your testimony. It's God's testimony. Our body is a testimony. And so that's the reason for our separation is we are a holy temple. We are the temple of God. And we're to keep the temple holy and clean. Now we do see the reason for our separation, but the requirement for separation is very quickly because I want to make sure we have time for our second point. Look at verse 14 back in chapter 6 where we were. We'll read it again. It says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For that what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath uh, he that believeth with infill? What agreement with... He gives five questions there. But, but the point, verse 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now what does that mean? Does that mean we don't talk to them? <laughs> It's kind of hard to reach people if you don't talk to them. Uh, but unequally yoked, we're not to be joined together. Uh, we can like refer to marriage. Uh, it would be true of, of close partnerships or any other form of close personal relationship. How can you have, and you get the idea, the yoke and the oxen. Uh, when you're pulling two different directions, how can you go in a direction that honors God? Uh, when there's two uh, trying to go different directions. It could be said of ministry as well or of, of a, a, a church uh, association as well. It's hard to, uh, to have, you know, when you don't have, even have the same goal in mind uh, or, or same objective in mind. But he says, be not unequally yoked together. And he gives those, all those questions, and we won't take time to go through all of those. But, but that light and darkness cannot coexist. Okay? If there's light, there's no darkness. <laughs> if there's total darkness, there's no light. Uh, I saw a, uh, uh, some of you may have seen this on, I think it was on Facebook, but a picture of a match. Uh, in a, a lit match and it had a, a light evidently shining on it 
Uh, and you could see the shadow from, from the match, but the flame you couldn't see a shadow on. Why? Because <laughs> that's light. There's no darkness in light. Uh, and so uh, those two cannot uh, coexist in a, in a, again, a close uh, way as he talks about there. So our body, we're to be separated, separated from the world, separated uh, from the things of the world. He goes on, in fact, in verse 17, he gives this instruction, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. Verse 18, I will be a father, you should be my sons and daughters. But he says, come out and, from among them and be separate. You know, the, again, the, the mantra of the day is that we've got to blend in in order to win them. We have to do what they do, look like they look, talk like they talk. If you can find me one verse in Scripture that tells you that, uh, then first of all, I suggest you don't have the Bible in your hand. But anyway, uh, what does the Bible say? It doesn't tell us to blend in. It says we're to stand out. In fact, if, if we don't, and again, I'm not talking about, again, hands off to everybody and, and uh, we don't want to talk to anybody. Or, or Obviously, we have to establish relationships in order to reach people. Uh, and, and befriend people if we're going to reach people for Christ. I think you understand that's not what he's talking about here. But the idea is we, we, where people are not, to notice a difference in our life. If there's no difference, why would they even want what we have in the first place, <laughs> right? Uh, if, if we do all the things that the world does, why would they even want what we have? Because there's no difference, there's no change. But he says, come out from them and be separate. So separation is not from contact with the world, but from conformity to the world, complicity uh, to the world. Again, Romans 12, 1, be not conformed uh, to the world. And the, the idea that is you, 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 you fit the mold, okay? <laughs> uh, and whether it's, uh, we used to use the example of Plato or, or what's the new, the, I mean, they have uh, what stuff, uh, what do they call that stuff? The slime, there you go. Now they've got all kinds of different versions of that, but, but anyway, it, just, it fits whatever mold it's in. He says, don't be like that. <laughs> Uh, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, Romans said, Paul said in Romans. And so we ought to look different, we ought to talk different, we ought to act different, have different attitudes, have different uh, desires, different goals in life than that of the, 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 the world. So separation, it's important that as, as believers that we maintain uh, that separation from evil in our lives uh, and, and, uh, and around us. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now let's talk about that second point, service. Service. Again, it's labeled missions in our statement of faith. It says, we believe that it is the obligation. That's a big word. Not just lengthwise, but it's a big word. Obligation of the, of the saved to witness by life and by word to the truths of the Holy Scripture and to seek to proclaim the gospel to all mankind. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that? Well, I guess uh, times bear that out, don't it? Uh, when there's opportunities such as we have Bible school and, and Pearson days, some of those things might bear those out. Uh, your daily life bears that out, whether you believe that to be true or not. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, go back just one chapter and look at verse 17. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? What kind of creature? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, if you've been watching ministry minutes, some of this might sound familiar, but verse 19 
to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Being reconciled to God. But what does it tell us there? It says we have been given the, the responsibility, and with responsibility comes what? Accountability. You've heard me say that before. The responsibility he has given to us, placed into our trust, the ministry. The ministry of the reconciliation of the grace of God, as he says there in verse number 18. Salvation in Christ. But verse 20 then says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So let's ask four quick questions and then we'll wrap up. Number one, who? Who's to serve the Lord? <laughs> uh, just those that feel like it? Is that what it says? Who? Oh, it says all those who are in Christ. All things are of If any man be in Christ, he goes on, he begins this statement, all things are of God. Uh, who hath reconciled us, he's talking to believers. Everybody, everyone who has been born again should be in God's service. God's children, I've said this before, I'll say it again. God's children should not have to be coaxed and prodded to serve him. And uh, I'm not, again, I'm not kicking anybody or doing it, but I'll just, uh, you know, we really shouldn't have to keep repeating that there's sign-up sheets back there. <laughs> uh, just on a personal note there, uh, every child of God ought to be involved in God's work. I'll take it one step further and say, if we're not involved, I believe we're disobedient. Yeah. Now, let me say this, let me say this. I understand not everybody serves in the same way. I got that. But the point is, everybody can and should be doing something in the work of God, for the, in, in the service of God. Who? Everybody. Everybody. And some have limitations. You know, there's physical limitations. I, I, I got all that. But there's still ways to be involved. If, there were, if, there was, if God was done uh, using you, <laughs> uh, if he had no more for you to do, you wouldn't be here. Okay? <laughs> and so there's something for all of us to do. There's a story. You've heard it before probably or read it. But the story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. And there was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. <laughs> now we say, well, I've got too much other stuff going on in my life to be faithful or to serve uh, in ministry, to serve in the church. Besides, I've done enough. It's time for someone else to do it. We just told the story about somebody, you know, but we, you just heard that. <laughs> but that's, sometimes that's what we think, what people say. You know what? I'm sure glad Jesus didn't say that about me. Amen. <laughs> On the way to the cross, I've done enough. <laughs> uh, or even now, I died for him. I gave him eternal life. I've done enough. They're on their own now. <laughs> he didn't say that. So the who? We can't just sit on the sidelines. There's something for everyone to do. Now, the what? What are we to do? 
Well, it's very simply, he says in verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's a short, that's a simple statement. It encompasses a lot, does it not? What is an ambassador? In fact, feedback. Who, what, somebody tell me, what's an ambassador? What's his job? He represents who? The sovereign. King, president, whatever you want to put it in the fill in the blank there. But it's not his job, and some people, well, get political. Some people ought to learn this uh, in recent, <laughs> recent days. It's not their job to make their own agenda. Yeah, okay? yeah. It's not their job. <laughs> it's not their job to do whatever. Their job is to represent the leader, to represent the king, to represent the sovereign, if you will. Our job is to represent who? We are ambassadors of who? Of Christ. Ambassadors for Christ, verse 20 says. We're to do what Christ would do if he were here. That's our job. That's our job. There's the old saying, what would Jesus do? It used to be an old cliche. They had bracelets and everything else. People just would uh, have lived by it. It might have been uh, better than just putting it on your wrist. But anyway, uh, but that's, that's a good question, though, isn't it? We're to do what Jesus would do if he were here. Ambassadors. The reconciliation of God. Who? What? The next question, Where? Where do we do this? In church from 10.30 to 11.30? <laughs> well, what did Jesus say? Uh, he, talk, he was talking to his disciples. And uh, when, in fact, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, there in John chapter 4, when they were criticizing his dealings with the Samaritan woman. But he says, lift up your eyes. Look. Look out there. <laughs> uh, and I can just imagine they lifted their eyes and they saw the fields uh, that were ready to be harvested. But remember what Jesus said? The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, he said, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, he was not saying <laughs> that uh, you better pray that somebody goes. No, he was saying you pray for more help. <laughs> as you're going, as you're in the harvest, pray for more workers because the harvest is great. The laborers are few. Where is the harvest? Africa? Well, we heard a little bit this morning, right? Uh, Africa. Australia? Europe? Where's the harvest? It's there, but the harvest is also in Pearson, Indiana. The fields are ripe right here. But the laborers, to use Jesus' question, where are they? Were they? Now, the last question, when? <laughs> Who, what, where, and when? Well, again, we'll go back to the words of Jesus. Obviously, these commands he's given, there's no, I mean, he, he's uh, saying, you think about it, you pray about it. No, we're to do it. But Jesus said, I must work the works of him while it is day. He said, for the night soon cometh when no man can work. So the point is, the time is what now? The time is now. COVID or no COVID? <laughs> the time is now. And we have, as we've said, and you know, and it's very obvious to you, we have two of the greatest opportunities before us for reaching the lost and for those who are seeking God. VBS and Pearson Days. The question is, that I leave with you, 
what are you going to do about the opportunity? You know, we hear about these other countries, and, and we're maybe even used to hearing some of these things. They just kind of fly off our back. But think about what some of these uh, pastors and missionaries in other countries are enduring and going through, and how people are suffering and yet longing for the things of God and, and, and uh, continuing to serve God amidst so difficult circumstances. And here we are. Everybody cool enough this morning? In spite of the heat out there? Pews are pretty comfortable still. I got some years on, but they're still pretty cushy. Uh, we've got all the amenities. We've got all of the resources. Uh, and yet, what are we doing with the opportunity that he's given us? Some people say, I know I'm not the best example of what a Christian's life um, uh, should be. They were going to do an activity outside. That's probably what that, but you can check. That's fine. But some people say, I know I, I'm not the best example of what a Christian's life should be. I don't witness like I should. I'm not as faithful in church as I should be. I know I don't tithe regularly or serve God like he demands or deserves. But as long as I make it to heaven, that'll satisfy me. But I've got news for you. That won't satisfy God. And it won't satisfy you. Do you know why, and, and again, not that, I, I'm, not that I, I don't still struggle, but do you know why I want to live a, a, a holy life? It's not because I'm afraid of what God will do if I don't. I think there's a story. Some teenagers who were out, and one of them suggested they do something they ought not to do, and one girl spoke up and said, no, I don't want to do that. One of the group began to tease her and said, you're just afraid your daddy will hurt you, aren't you? She said, no. She said, I'm afraid I'd hurt my daddy. <laughs> See, that's the difference between law and love. 1 John 3, 3 says, Everyone that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself, even as he, the Lord, is pure. It's not because we're afraid of what he'll do if we don't. Uh, if we don't live right, if we don't serve him, we ought to be more concerned whether, not whether he'll hurt us, but whether we will hurt him. Whether we'll hurt him. This morning, obviously, and with the group we have, uh, you may not need this this morning, but maybe some watching do, but you can't outwardly show something you don't have. And so the first step is that of trusting Christ as your personal Savior. He came, and even some of the verses we read there, we didn't zero in on that, but it, 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 it shows a very personal relationship. And so the first thing we need is to have Christ in our life. But beyond that, we need to follow these principles. Come out from among them. Be separate. That is, stand out. Uh, if we're going to profess, then we better live it. We better do it. Our body's a temple, as we said. But then secondly, service. Remember the who, what, where, when. The who is you, me. The what, we're to serve, ambassadors. Where, wherever there's opportunity, as we see before us even this week. When, right now, right now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. really have nothing more to add as far as invitation is concerned. I'll just leave you with that question that I asked a moment ago. 
And again, I, I understand we're uh, uh, still trying to struggle to get back to normalcy uh, and to see everyone back with us. But uh, you just worry about yourself this morning. And let me ask that question one more time. What are you going to do with the opportunity he's given you this week, next week, Pearson Days? A couple weeks after that, Tomato Festival that we just started to be a presence at last year. And, and in fact, I think greater opportunity there than we even had in Pearson Days. But there's opportunities What are you going to do with the opportunity? Father, thank you this morning for your word. And uh, Father, we uh, know that this life is is, uh, hard sometimes. There's so many things pulling us in so many different directions. And it sure is easy to come up with excuses why we can't do what you've called us to do. And... uh, uh, we, we kind of put ourselves, we, we say, well, uh, I might do this, but I'll never do that. Again, I'm sure glad that Christ did not discriminate or differentiate to us. Father, just help us to those opportunities that arise to be used. Father, you've called every believer, every believer, to be an ambassador of yours. We also know that you have instituted, you've ordained the local church to carry out your ministry on earth. And so this is where it starts. It's not where it ends, but it's where it starts. May we be faithful in the opportunities we have right here in Pearson, Indiana, right here in First Baptist Church of Pearson, Indiana. The opportunities presented to us to reach lost and dying souls, souls that are on their way to an eternal hell, or those that are seeking for, for peace, for something more in their life. Maybe they've been exposed to it, uh, to the gospel. Maybe some even raised in church, but have gotten away from those things. God wants to see them brought back home as well. So, Father, use us. The only way you can use us is if we make ourselves usable. But uh, these two seemingly undoctrinal statements in our faith, and yet they go to the very heart of what our Doctrine, our salvation is all about putting it into practice in our lives in a real way every single day. Father, again, I just ask your blessing upon this week. I have no idea what to expect. Usually we have a little, at least a little bit of idea, but, but I have no idea what to expect this week. So all we can ask is for you to work, uh, for you to draw uh, the right ones that need to hear this week the presentations that will be, that will be given here. Uh, bless those again who have volunteered. May you give them the strength and, and uh, all that they need. Multiply their time uh, this week as they've committed to giving some time to you each evening. And then the other events coming up very rapidly too. Father, we, just, we need your help. Uh, all this we pray and thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. The invitation hymn is I Surrender All. We're not going to take our hymnals out, I don't think, though. I think we all know at least the first verse uh, and the chorus. So heads bowed, eyes closed as we stand together, and we're just going to sing that first verse together. Again, this is personal in your heart between you and God, but I would encourage you that if you can't sing these words honestly, maybe just hum, okay? Not trying to be harsh, but... But what I, the point is I want you to think about what we're singing and make this your response 
to the message this morning, to the invitation this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's sing. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. Here it is. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Just the chorus one more time. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. There's no asterisks on that song. <laughs> I surrender everything except, da, 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 it's not there. Thank you for coming this morning. And uh, I trust you keep these things in mind. Pray for us this week. If you're not able to help, uh, if you are able to help, we want you here. But uh, otherwise, pray for us. Uh, and thank you for those who gave donations of some things. Uh, the children appreciate the cookies and snacks. But uh, uh, just thank you for all of your help. Continue to pray. Continue to serve. Continue to work. In spite of everything that's going on around us, if we be faithful, God is going to bless and honor our efforts. Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to meet. Blessed we dismiss. We pray for a good week. Father, the, uh, the weather we know is up and down a little bit right now, but we just pray for uh, your working, most of all. Weather's insignificant. We can, we can work around uh, those things. Uh, we, we, we desire good weather, but we can work around those things uh, as long as we have opportunity to be able to minister to these young people coming this week. So, Father, again, help us in that endeavor, we pray and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.